the voice of one crying the wilderness prepare the way of the lord make straight in the desert a highway for our god the voice of one crying the wilderness prepare the way of the lord make straight in the desert a highway for our god the voice of one crying... welcome to this friday meeting every time we have a chance to gather with god's people it's a privilege and, uh, you know, sometimes we don't know what we have till we lose it. We don't know what we have till we lose it. And someone would think that it's not God's will that we lose anything. But that's not the truth. The truth is that there's a time for everything. There's a time to hold and there's a time to refrain from hold it. There's a time to have things and there's a time to lose them. That's the scripture. You can't always have some. The Lord Jesus told his disciples, he said, I must go. If I don't go, the Holy Spirit cannot come. He says, he cannot come. So you, you actually needed, he needed to go. If he did not go, God's will would not be done in the earth. And he said they would desire one of the days of the Son of Man. They would sit down and say, oh, I wish the Lord was here. Oh, I remember, I remember. But he said, I have to go. When the Lord Jesus was here, he was typically in one place per time. And, uh, but when the Holy Spirit came, the Holy Spirit can be everywhere at the same time. The Holy Spirit in all of your hearts. If, if you have received the Holy Spirit, he's in all of our hearts. It's, it's just there. So on one, he can be saying this. On another, he's saying that within another, he, you know, his light, his inspiration is constantly bubbling. And that is how it is. And that's why Jesus had to go. Right now, all over the earth, people, this evening, now, people are having meetings everywhere. Servants of God all around the world are laying hands on people, are praying for people. Christians, people with the Spirit of God are ministering life. Someone is healing someone. God knows how many hundreds of thousands or millions are laying hands on someone for healing. Somewhere, someone is being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Somewhere, someone is receiving a prophetic word. Somewhere. When Jesus was here, that was not happening. Yeah. It has nothing to do with power. It has everything to do with procedure. And the procedure the Lord chose was that if I'm here physically, he had the fullness of the spirit. He had the fullness. He was given the spirit without measure. But when he went, he said, I have to go so I can send the gift of the Father. And when he went, the Holy Spirit could come into everyone. They filled, you know, and they all began. All those that were gathered on the, at the upper room on the day called Pentecost, the Feast of Weeks, seven weeks, the 50th day from Passover. It's called Pentecost in the Greek. It's called Feast of Weeks. And as they gathered, celebrating that, the Spirit of God came. They normally say there were 120. The Bible doesn't say so. Yeah. But, uh, okay. When you make an assertion, you must prove. 
just felt I must yank someone's leg, talk someone's chain briefly. I just tongue you briefly. So you don't say this pastor does not know what he's teaching. So the scriptures tell in the book of Acts, chapter one, that. Now, I, I wouldn't doubt them at 120, okay, but, um, well, I'm just saying the Bible doesn't say it directly. So the typical thing that happens with us is we presume things and then we, we set it in concrete. And sometimes I just like shaking things that are not set in concrete, okay? In verse 15, Acts chapter 1, in those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about 820. Verse 15, in those days, Peter stood up among the brothers, a gathering of about 120, and said, now that's chapter 1, verse 15. And what they did thereafter was appoint someone to take the place of Judas. Okay? Now, 40 days after Jesus rose from the dead, the Lord ascended to heaven. And in verse 12, he says, The apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day journey, a week, a walk, Sabbath day journey. We care about one kilometer. That's a Sabbath day journey. Sabbath day journey is the length you are allowed to walk on a Sabbath day. You understand? It's not that God commanded it. The Pharisees came up with something. They regularly are coming up with some books. You have read a Sabbath day journey, right? In the Bible, and you wonder what he meant. Oh, you knew already. Ah, well, I, huh? Oh, okay. A Sabbath day journey is the length, the distance you're permitted to walk on a Sabbath day. It was different from a normal day. On a normal day, you can walk till night. On a Sabbath day, if you walk farther than that, they'll tell you you are walking. You have broken the Sabbath. Okay, so they call it a Sabbath day journey. It's about five, eight, five, eight, eight. Over eight, five over eight of a mile or about one kilometer. That, that's what the Sabbath day journeys. And uh, they are saying that they were at the Mount of Olives. That's where the Lord ascended. The distance between there and the Mount of Olives, from the Mount of Olives to Jerusalem, is about a kilometer. Is this clear? Is this clear? Can you see how far away Judas took people to go arrest Jesus? A kilometer might be about what? Incorrect Penary Road, maybe from here. I don't know what spot on Incorrect Penary Road. Maybe from this roundabout here, by Wood Junction, down to uh, some way beyond Kilimanjaro, little. About that. Are you understanding? That's about a kilometer. And point beyond Kilimanjaro. Oh, what? Some point beyond, I would say. What's on that, right? Again, so just think of that. And uh, so it's not endlessly far, just pointing out. Now, this is what they gathered to do. About 120 people. It is out of that that they picked, you know. Go on, verse 13. So it's how much they journey. When they arrived in Jerusalem yet, they went to the upper room where they were staying. Peter and John, James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alpheus, Simon, the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. With one accord, they all continued in prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Are you saying? 
See that group there? And of course, there were other disciples gone. Then Peter stood up and in a gathering of 120, began the process, the procedure of replacing Judas. All right? What day was this? Hmm? I told you now. From the Passover, what day was it? Huh? From the time Jesus died, from the time Jesus rose from the dead, from the Passover, verse 3, after his suffering, he presented himself to them with many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a span of 14 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. Can you see this? Hmm? Oh, God. Not the problem of a teacher. So as I said that now, someone, if anyone's mind think of any incongruence in the numbers, that there's something wrong with those numbers, it is supposed to be 50 days to that battle. Nobody thought of it, right? I create problems for myself that I should just let go. Because I'm always thinking, I was then, would I be asking this question? And I don't want someone to go and say, no, you didn't know what I was saying. You know, once in a while, I don't have time to explain things. And, uh, and someone is going to be offended. How can it be right? Come, come, come. I heard that my man of God, his name was Paul Kidd. Remind me of this. 40 days. So what's the incongruence, by the way? What's the, what's the issue? What number? What's the problem? Those that said you noticed. What did you notice? You didn't notice. You didn't notice anything, Abby. Let's just peacefully keep talking about 120. Leave it. I think we have to be opening by then. If Jesus died on Passover, three days later, they count 40 from then. Passover is 50 days. Pentecost is 50 days on Passover. Wouldn't that mean that the day of Pentecost was? So you either presume it's seven days later or 10 days later, right? It's seven or 10 days later. Seven, someone thinks. Why? Because in counting 50, the Passover, and Jesus appeared over a period of 40 days. Yes? And the Bible doesn't tell us when he does tell us when the day of Pentecost. So it can be seven days before that they got to Jerusalem yet, or it might be 10 days, because 10 is the number of completion. 7 is the number of perfection. These are the kind of things the Bible does. Just leave it there for you. Now, if you, do, if you are not looking for trouble, you won't find it. But if you, are, if you question everything, you see all sorts of things. You, you, you corner. It can be either. There were two parts. There were two parts around the death of Jesus. So they've been, oh, dear God. <laughs> leave it. <laughs> Every question I want to answer, I hear another one in my mind. Now you have, I have to explain that one too. Don't believe it. Let's be Christian. Let's just, let's leave all this doctrine. <laughs> ah, God, help me. Ah, God, please. Try. This is why people don't like Bible. How many of you have known that people have said, Another one. Ah, God. The sign of Jonah. How many days was Jonah in there? That was the Bible. Thing. That was what Jesus said. He just said three days. Your own Bible, they left out three nights. None of these important. We know Jesus rules. Right? That's what I resolved years ago. After I found the answers, I just said, Jesus died, Abby. Jesus rules. 
And Jesus is coming back. Any argument? No argument. Let's just leave it. Hmm? It's just that. So why I keep liking to point out things? Because someone, you're going to come across someone and they'll raise it and there'll be a whole denomination founded, begun on the argument that Jesus died on Wednesday. That's what I'm going to say that on Friday. Now I'm going to say the Bible says three days and three nights. Calculate from Friday night. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Do I not want to have this? How can it be three days? The Bible says early morning Sunday rose. How? And you stand and keep your face like a priest. As though that means suddenly that Jesus did not die and rise again. But truly, you can't answer it. Friday night into Saturday night. Is that not one night? Saturday night into Sunday morning. What's that? So where is the proof of three days, three nights? So you see, wow. When you hear the two sides, eh? bah, bah, bah. you now go with the one that makes more sense. But only, only 17 people around the world believe it. The rest are very happy on Friday night. So it is said that there were actually two Sabbaths. And if you don't understand, so once you think a Sabbath is only the seventh day of every week, you get very confused. But when you know that they are Sabbaths, they are daily Sabbaths, they are yearly Sabbaths, they are 50-day Sabbaths, cycles of seven, 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 measured times but there are Sabbaths that are the a jubilee. Then you will know that Sabbaths of years can come landing near to a Sabbath of days. And these Sabbaths are special days, one way or the other. And on those days, you shall do no ordinary work and all those instructions. So all those things are there. Go ahead and Knock yourself out if you want to have a spiritual headache. <sighs> Let these children of God enjoy more simple things. Let those arguments are there, you should know. Don't allow anyone to throw you off. That thing you heard me, whenever I hear me say something and I say, this is how I concluded. Ask the person, say, wait, wait, okay, fine, I've heard you. You may be right. In fact, let's pretend you're right. In fact, I concede you're right. Is Jesus there? He rising again. He coming one. They are brothers. Just didn't mean. It cannot be because of that now. See, you are believing a lie. We are the only true church. Only us. We are the only ones. See, we calculated it. If you know how many things this earth has gone through, how many times your calculations might have shifted. It's not, the world was not always peaceful. There are periods for hundreds of years. People are fighting. Just fighting, steadily. People are living like animals. It's not written. They are Times where they wrote things and people destroyed all the books. They burned the whole library down, burned all to ashes. And then people sit there and think and say, Child, what did I read that time? This world has undergone many things. The things are not as coordinated as we would like. <laughs> so it is possible that those 40 days after his resurrection was counted from. A Sabbath. The Bible says it was a Sabbath. <laughs> so his possibly was counted from after his death as opposed to this Passover that was his death. Are you hearing me? The Sabbath, sorry, that was his death. Sabbath implies a special day. Do you understand? Oh, oh, oh. Do you understand? Sabbath implies a holy day. It does, do, just doesn't mean the seventh day of the week. When they say it is a Sabbath, it means it's a day of rest. Do you understand? 
It's not only the seventh day that was a day of rest. Do you understand? The days God appointed were Sabbath. When they say it shall be a Sabbath, you shall not do any ordinary work. Sometimes it could last for days. A whole year used to be a Sabbath. A whole year. A Sabbath day is 360 days. That is a Sabbath. You don't go to the farm. You don't plant anything. The whole year is a Sabbath. The, don't look on. Just not. See, free me. See, free me, free me. This is one reason I never wanted to be a lecturer. It's only Bible I've happened to teaching. When I was a lecturer, I pity myself. I was ever a lecturer. All my students should pass. All. You pass by all. You pass well. I am sure after the class, three hours after the class, I'm sure I'll be in class. Explain it. No, no, I'm sorry. I used to sit there and dread it and say, God, please don't do it. Don't do it. Now, before you guys came, so 2015, I left. I resigned from my job. I was there. And I went for a conference in South Africa. While I was there, I had dreams. I saw things, future, saw things. <clears throat> Among the things I saw, I saw myself as a, it seemed I was a law lecturer because the students were wearing white and black. And they came and they were about, I can't remember, well, about 200 of them. So I have that number in my head, kind of, you know. And I was thinking about, okay, I can fall back. I was thinking, what am I going to do now? Okay, I can fall back on my lecturing. It's years later I understood that God was talking about, you know, uh, Sister Maka at the time. And sometime later, one or two years later, she had had this dream or vision and she saw on the way. Two law classes. I can't remember the details now. There was law one, law two. The one was natural education or so. The other one was spiritual law. So what God was simply showing me was the law, the law of the spirit. Okay. That's what he was saying. Not of the flesh, not earthly law. And now, yes, many of the first people that came to us were law students because they used to invite me to pick their fellowship. So they were law students that were amongst the first members of this congregation, but God was showing that I would teach the law of God because it's the root of everything's the most important thing we could know or do, the law of God. People don't understand. The foundation of his throne is righteousness and justice. That's the law. The law, the two tablets. That's righteousness and justice. That's it. God is, so, so lawlessness is when human beings pull it out. They dethrone God. I repeat, they don't know what they are doing. They have no clue of what they are doing. The foundation of his truth. Some of you are not still sure. This thing you call the Ark of Covenant. Beneath there, inside there, at the bottom, the foundation of his truth. This is the foundation of his throne. What's the top piece called? The mercy seat with the cherubs. The, this is the mercy seat, the seat above. The box. Ark, as you often call it, the box of covenant, the chest. Different Bibles say different. Inside are two tablets or two. The basic thing that was always there at the time, that staff of Aaron was not there again. At the time, that pot of manna was not there again. You see it not mentioned later. You hear that one thing was always in there. The two tablets written by the finger of God, the Holy Spirit. The finger, the arm of the Lord is the Lord Jesus. The Lord is God. The finger said, if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then the finger of God had come upon me. All right, so it's written by the Spirit 
on hearts that were one stony, under the old covenant, stony hearts. But he promised in Jeremiah, yes, I will sprinkle them with clean water and I'll make their stony hearts left. But the law will still be written, but on soft hearts, no more hard hearts. Remember when they asked Jesus, how come Moses said, you could write here, wife a bill of divorce, but he said because of the hardness of the hearts, stony hearts. So God still manages to write on stone, but his long-term plan was, I want to write on flesh. Do you understand? Living epistles. Stone is not living. Flesh is living. Living epistles. Living stones. King James, lightning stones. The foundation of his throne. The foundation at the bottom. What the mercy seat sits on. Let him that boasts, boast that he knows me. That I am a God of loving kindness. Has said. Has said. Mercy. Righteousness. And justice. Are you seeing? Oh. This is your responses. Why do you respond like this? You're not getting or you're just boring people. Which one? Huh? You're boring people, right? Oh, so sorry. Who didn't get what I just said? Okay. The book of Jeremiah, chapter 9. But let him who boasts, boast in this. Then we'll go to the foundation of the strength. But let him who boasts, boast in this. That he understands and knows me. Oh, Jesus. The holy of holies is where you know God. Holy of holies. Not holy place is the introduction, is the veranda into it. Outer courts, the blood will speak for you. The blood speaks. <laughs> but you're meant to go deeper. <laughs> Most Christians are here. They don't even know they're here. They have, since they're born, they've never heard of the next level. All they know is here. The blood! You want the Japanese one? Kawasaki Suzuki Yamaha. So that's. I'm washed by the blood. I'm baptized by the spirit and water. Whew, I'm a Christian. A child of God. Praise God. It's done. It's done. You're free to go. See when Jesus comes. You're not sure. What is sure? One witness. One witness. Nah. Well, you have two things speaking for you here. The blood and the water. <laughs> okay, two witness. Better than one. Two are better than one. Oh, hope for you. But I would really suggest that you understand that you're in the outer court. Source of light. Earth. This, this sky. Unbelievers use the same sky. In this space, there's no covering. It's the sun. The natural sun. Not the sun of righteousness that brings healing in its wings. No, it's the natural sun that lights the earth, creates photosynthesis. That's the light here. Yes, there is a fence around the tabernacle. Now you're there and you're saying, how can you be using the tabernacle to explain? I should go to the what? Christ is, we should burn this one. Jesus said, search the scriptures. It is it that speaks of me. Jesus said that this was a shadow of things to come. I'm using the shadow, the type, the representation to identify the things to come. That's what I'm doing. I've fully, you're commanded. The Lord Jesus himself, everyone that has any spiritual sense, uses scriptures to understand scriptures and understand God. 
is the way he ordained. The way he ordained. Now, like I said, the outer court is fine. But the holy place is the next stage. And anyone that starts and stops in the same place, this is where you have the witness of the spirit. Seven spirits of God, this golden lampstand, the altar of incense, spirit of grace and supplication poured upon and the fellowship of the spirit, giving, sharing what you have at the table of communion. This is the realm of the spirit. You can achieve almost all of this in the flesh. Anyone can come. All can come freely and drink the water of life. All. But if you say, I want to go deeper, the next level, you must pass through into a tent. The light here is the word of God. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. This word, this place. Only here do you find this. After that is the veil, and that leads into the Holy of Holies. The Holy of Holies is the high priest entered once a year. Jesus is that high priest, and he entered once to offer his blood. From then on, the Father needs no other blood. Not that you don't need forgiveness again, as some very sadly confused people have interpreted Hebrews 10 to me. It just means that there's no need to kill animals anymore. Because someone brought blood that was so powerful, you cannot unstick it. He didn't pour it on you. He poured it like it had always been poured by all the high priests. He sprinkled it on the ark, on the mercy seat. It is before the Father's eyes. When he sees the blood, you pass over it. You want to be safe? Get into the ark. Don't be where you like. They kill the animal here, but the blood goes inside here. You're not hearing me. They kill the sheep, the lamb here, of sacrifice. Sheep or goat. And it is sprinkled inside here. It's not where it's killed that it's sprinkled. That's why the Lord Jesus had to go. Mary, don't touch me. Or, depending on the reading, don't cling to me. I'm yet to go to my father. Go ahead, tell my disciples. I'll meet up with them in Galilee. He had to go present the high priest of our profession. Had to go. He had to complete the procedure. You don't do as you like. He didn't walk into heaven and say, hey, pops. No, there's a procedure for every matter. Most people, I think most times we get into trouble because of lack of procedure. If you ever doubt the importance of procedure, pray anyhow, do anyhow, and see how I work for you. The only people that do anyhow and get away with it are children, babies. Do you notice the older you grow, the more they expect procedure? You notice little children, no procedure. It everybody understands. Come and carry this child. <laughs> Collect. They can do anything. Their ignorance is total. So when you hear people either about to get born again or newly born again, and they say, I just want to testify. No, the other day, I was just, and then they just talk about how they did anyhow, and God responded. and says, it's all of you that complicate. Go and come. you find out if you get away with rubbing, beating your father's head like a drum. You notice your baby brother can do anything. And play your father's head like a drum. Boop, 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 boop. He likes the sound of the bow pot. <laughs> your father's father. That is your father. That is your father. You don't understand. His grandchild. Your 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 child. Your 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 father's head. You just see your. <laughs> I like that sound. You do it. 
You that bought a car for your father, do it. Oh, yeah? Read the top of his head. Are we not equal? Is it not freedom? Is it not freedom for everyone? Are we not all brethren? Is God by us? Beat his head. So when I see people, sometimes you hear people say things. And I'm beginning there, I wonder, wow, this person is much. So maybe they are preaching. They come out. I want to share. You know, and they talk about their closeness to God. I'm saying, I mean, this person must be very immature. If that thing you just said, you did it and got away with it. And next thing you hear them say, you know, just last year when I was still in the world, I'm like, okay. No wonder you were in the world last year. <laughs> As you grow older, God is like, the whole idea is man up, just become a man. You see that? See, it's, it's absolutely vital that you grow up. It has nothing to do with a lack of love. It has everything to do with maturity. So you're maturing? Don't talk anyhow here. Yeah. Don't talk anyhow to me. You cannot. Small children tell their parents, no. Have you not heard that? He said, come here. They run, not walk. They run in the opposite direction. The older it grows, the less such things are permissible. So it's not a sign of closeness to God and maturity. Are you hearing me? Grow up. It's not a sign of maturity. So the other day, I have one leg on the roof. and another leg anywhere. And I was just, you know, gisting with my pops. Babies. Now, you know, that's a baby talking. Because when you hear older people talk, you hear, you see Paul. Paul. And he knelt down by the beach. Because the more real he becomes you, the more he, you've grown, the more, the more serious you are. You don't walk into your father's office. He's a judge or something. He just walk in. Sorry, it's important. Excuse, excuse me, everybody. Order. To a judge. I, I don't care how much he loves you. Even in his inner chambers, where nobody's except some court work, you don't come in and say, Daddy, you! No. Yeah, good morning, sir. Good morning, sir. Excuse me, Daddy. Then you whisper. You don't act as you like. If you are small, I can't say it because there are people here. I don't want them to start. You know, sometimes they start like an engine and it's gone. But D-A-D-D-Y, you know, they just be saying it, saying it, saying it, saying it, saying it, saying it, saying it. Shouting it. They don't know any better. And it's fine and good for the age. As you grow up, grow up. That's natural. Any other things are natural. The foundation of this throne I was trying to explain. He says, if you're boasting, boast in this, that he understands and knows me. The older you grow, the more you understand and know God. Do you get this? The less you grow, the less you understand and know God. That's all you know is that this, that, this, grandpa, this, whatever. That's all you know. You don't understand judge. A judge, he's what? What? Judge. Oh, church. We go to church. Mm -mm. Judge. That is a judge. You don't shout his name when you see him in court. In fact, babies are not allowed in court. Why is daddy wearing that white thing on his head? He's a judge. He can't understand. He's immature. You can't understand the different capacities of God. So the immaturity in the mind of people, like senility. You notice some people, when they grow very old, they grow sinner. To be sinner, where 70, 80 year old people start behaving like little children. You know that? That's what it means to go sinner. And I think that's what happens sometimes to people. They've been Christian for a while and then some form of degenerative, what do you call it? Alzheimer's? Huh? Mental degeneration begins to take place. But some people, it happens to them spiritually, like a form of mental degeneration. And they start saying crazy things. One man and his wife, they were so free in the Lord that the man was calling Jesus filthy names. 
to show how confident he was in his sonship. And the wife was playing the piano naked. A preacher and his wife. They had entered such liberty. Not wearing clothes. That's one naked. During a church service, the pastor and his wife, in their parlor, it was a house church, was liberty. They had come into liberty. So far, they had grown so much that they had crossed over into that stage. You know, the two people that don't button their shirts well, the small children and the old men, uh, where they start being like children, where they start walking like children. So, so it's like you go full cycle, then you turn. So it's degeneration. Some people call it liberty. They're not liberty. Spiritual Alzheimer's, dementia, or spiritual dementia. May you never suffer from spiritual dementia. Spiritual Alzheimer's. May your spiritual brain not start rotting, becoming much. Your gray matter may stay healthy and robust like the Queen of England. I think her brain was fully sharp. I mean, she just swore a new prime minister on Tuesday and passed away on Thursday with her king. And passed away. Faculties intact. Some people are like that. Everything in faith. That's how to end in Jesus' name. May it never be said. No, you know, you understand God so well that you are doing what nobody should do. Should never be so. You hearing this? The scriptures say, let him who boasts, boast in this, that he understands and knows me. I'm saying the older you grow, the more you know him. Are you hearing? The, the more you should know him, the sign that you're growing is how well you're knowing him. That I am the Lord who exercises loving devotion, justice. That word, loving devotion, I'm going to give me another translation. Justice and righteousness, where? On the earth, on the earth, not in heaven, on the earth. For I delight in these things, declares the Lord. He Delights in these things. This is what he delights in. Let, let me see another translation. Showing faithful love. See that? Faithful love. Another. Walking mercy. Giving true decisions and doing righteousness in the earth. All right. Now, take me to Psalms. The foundation of his stone, Psalm 89. Righteousness and Justice are the foundation of your throne. Loving devotions and faithfulness go before you. Take note of that. Psalm 89 verse 14. It goes before you. Um, another translation. The, the other one that had said walking mercy. What, what translation was that? I didn't look. Baby. The seat of your kingdom is resting on righteousness and right judging. Or what? Justice, mercy, and good faith come before your face. Come before, go before you. Now the scriptures say, mercy triumphs over judgment. What does that mean? We need to run a race. Come, we're running. You are mercy. I am justice. Demonstrate. We run in slow motion. Mercy triumphing over justice. On your marks, get set, go. Do you understand? Mercy 
wins, goes ahead, goes ahead of justice. Do you understand? Sit down. Thank you. Is that simple? The seat of your kingdom is resting on righteousness and right judging. It rests, the seats, your throne. The foundations are on this. But what goes before his face? Mercy and good faith. Loving can give me something else. King James. That's just for him, King James. Justice and judgment are the habitation of thy throne. Mercy and truth shall go before thy face. Mercy and truth. John chapter 1 tells you about the Lord Jesus, that the law came through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus. Mercy is often substituted for grace. Loving kindness. Mercy, it's a major component of grace. It's God's kindness. Mercy, what went first? You just read it. Mercy and grace and truth came through Jesus. Did he bring mercy? Did he bring truth? John chapter 1 verse 17. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Go back. No, to the verse we were looking at before this. That's John 1 17. Now you're going back to what we just left in uh, where? Psalm 89 verse 14. So see this with me. Which comes first? Which comes first? Which, uh, I said the answer in my answer. It comes first. Which one goes before his face? Which one goes first? How did grace and truth come? Who can guess what is coming? Does this sound like I'm contradicting anything you have read in your Bible? Or is the Bible very clear that judgments are coming on the earth? Are you seeing what I'm showing? What is being preached? What is being thought around the churches around the world? That God has canceled out the other one. I am showing you that our God is a God of procedure. Ecclesiastes 8. Let's redo that our memory verse. For the king's word is supreme. Who can say to him, what are you doing? Whoever obeys his command will come to know of, and the wise heart will know the proper time and procedure. For there is a proper time and procedure for every matter. Though a person may be waked up by misery. Again. Since a case what is supreme, our God who can say to him, what are you doing? Whoever obeys his command will come to know us. And the wise will build on a proper time and grow For this is a proper time and procedure for every matter. Though a person may wait down, but there's a race made again for them. For there is a proper time 
and proceed your poetry master. Oh, a friend to pay me way down my misery. For there is a proper time and procedure for every matter. Even though you are miserable, you are weighed down by misery. This situation must change. Now God is like, hold on. Hold on. The souls under the temple went, Lord, how long until you avenge our blood? He said, until the complete number of your brethren have been murdered. <laughs> you want to object to that? This song starts playing. For the king's word is open. Who can say to him, Break your head. <laughs> we'll come no harm. We'll come to no harm. Oh, be wise and the wise will know the proper time and proceed your for there. For there is a proper time and procedure for every matter. Though a person may be weighed down by misery. So people, I know God has a plan. Apart from all the evidence in the scripture, if you've lived and walked with God for a while, you begin to notice patterns. There is a procedure that mercy and truth comes first. His name is Jesus. He came with mercy and truth. Oh yeah, come and go. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Mercy, mercy and truth here. Yeah. Mercy, come, come freely. Come without, without price, without money. Come, take mercy. The acceptable day. Come, 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 take. It's called evangelism. Come, come, take mercy. A wise heart will know. Let him that boast. Boast in this, that he knows. No, no, no. People, we must know that there's a proper time and procedure. The time now is mercy time. It's grace time. That's what it's time for. There will come a time. It will cease. Oh, over and over again. Whose mouth? Let's just leave everybody and just go straight to the Lord Jesus. He says, and the door was closed. And they stood outside and knocked. Open unto us. And he said, I know you not. Why? Because the door called mercy, which has been opened since Jesus died, to Jews and Gentiles, first to the Jew and then to the Greeks, has been held open in his mercy. He said, when I open a door, no man can shut. So it stays open. But the verse does not stop there. Remember, there's a proper time. The procedure and the time now is open doors, access to all. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 10, 13. But when the time comes, the door will be closed. Luke 9 says, Matthew 25 says, Matthew 7 says. And the same door that was opened, the remainder of the sentence by our Lord in the book of Revelation will be fulfilled. And when I shut the door, no man can open. It is why you never read the portions of the Bible you like. Do not form that bad habit. If you're hearing me now, you're all over the body of Christ. You have come into contact with different groups of people who pick portions of scripture 
and ignore the other portions. Who love mercy, but don't like truth. Who ignore completely that the throne of the Lord, Matthew 19, is going to be established upon this earth. And he will judge all nations, Matthew 25. They will be gathered before him like sheep and goats. Didn't Jesus say he's coming back to set up a throne? And what is the foundation of the throne? Mercy. Is it mercy? It is right decision, right judging. That is where every man is rewarded according to his deeds. Not, do you understand how mercy works? Mercy goes. Enter. See, go inside. That's mercy. Justice is, oh yes, what, what was the law? Uh, anyone that comes late, according to the number of minutes you came late, that's the number of strokes you received. What time did you come? 13 minutes past. Good. So how many strokes are you getting? 13. Good again. Face the wall. Hands on the wall, please. Receive it. That is right judging. That is justice. What you deserve. Jesus was very clear. There are so many passages I don't want to read any. Is there anyone that does you need? I should give you verses that tell you what. When Jesus comes, he says you judge every man according to what he did. Because by then the throne has arrived. Do you understand? The throne can sit on nothing except justice. He will judge the isles, the nations. It had been prophesied by him. Isaiah primarily prophesied of the Messiah over and over again. He told us what will happen when he comes. He informed us we go in there because we do not understand the proper time. We don't understand the procedure. We don't understand his plans. And when we don't understand, you go in and cherry pick. Please, the chicken, yes. Please remove all the onions. Yes, just the chicken. Just the cover, the flesh on top, the skin. You know that part? That part, I didn't Just peel it. Peel it. Just peel all. Onions that comes with suya, with steak, with whatever. It's meant to mix in the pepper. So a little of this, a little of that. Together. The Lord Jesus is the lamb. Everybody talks about the Passover lamb and bread and wine. But you must look at the shadow if you want to understand what the bread, the table is about. He says in Exodus 12 that you must eat the whole lamb. All, not parts. You don't leave out the ears. I don't like ears. You eat all. You don't leave out the tongue. There's no part. You're permitted to excuse and say, no, I don't want to. You know, my tongue is mine. My ear is mine. I'll do what I like my eyes. Mm -mm. You eat all of the lamb. If Christ in you is a hope of glory, that means he displaces your eyes, your ears, your mouth. Your... He says, eat all of it. You shall leave none of it till the morrow. You won't keep any till tomorrow. There's nothing like postponing Jesus. Postponing Jesus. Don't worry. Maybe when we die and rise again, maybe in heaven. Mm -mm -mm -mm. You eat him now. Today, if you hear his voice, harden on your heart. Today, there's no keeping to tomorrow. Please, no time to open all these passages. Go and read. I'm giving you scriptures, okay? Mixed in. Go and read it for yourself. Mark out if you desire to. He says, leave none of it till tomorrow. But they didn't just eat lamb. They ate unleavened bread, bread without yeast. And they ate bitter herb, bitter herbs. One of the major characteristics of bitter herbs is that it is bitter. I just need to point that out. 
I didn't say better herbs. I said bit. I didn't say better herbs. I said bitter herbs. It is bitter when you put it in your mouth. Children will want to spit it out. Mm. Why can't we just enjoy this part? Who has eaten okasi before? What's that thing they put with there? Okasi. 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 Who has come to a place of enjoying it? Okasi with a plantain of. Well, the other thing. Ishewu. Very nice, Ishewu. But let's not talk about Ishewu. There are young people here. So. Who knows what we are talking about and you think it's a sin to be eating things like that. Something is like, this cannot be God's will. <laughs> it's bitter. Ah! So you go like that. But God commanded, there was a bitter cup the lamb had to drink. When you're taking the lamb, there will be some pain. Philippians 1.29 It's appointed unto you not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. Do we enjoy suffering? We enjoy suffering here. Let's do your deliverance now. Do you enjoy suffering for whatever weird reason? You have a spirit of sadism. Come, let's pray for it. Nobody enjoys suffering. Nobody. I don't. Except someone has a real sadistic streak. But even sadists like other suffering. They, they don't like suffering. They don't mind other suffering. They find pleasure in other suffering. Not from their own suffering. <laughs> I once saw a movie where one sadist was Torturing people with great pleasure and something happened and he ended up being the one tortured. Was one of the nicest scenes in the movie I've ever seen. <laughs> a sadist enjoys suffering. The Lord Jesus so did not like suffering that he told the Father, if this cup can pass, let it pass. He didn't go like, Father, we do it. We move. He didn't say so. The Lord Jesus himself did not come to his time of suffering and go like, Peter, John, you must be met. The Lord Jesus didn't do it. So, please, all that uh, extra righteousness some of you have. You know the why the Bible says don't be over-righteous? It's because of some of you. Even the Bible now wrote it in, don't be over-righteous. You can't righteous like Jesus like that. The Lord Jesus prayed till blood came out of his skin. Hydrometrosis or so, they call it. Blood vessels, arteries burst due to extreme pressure and mixed with sweat. Comes out a bloody sweat. That's what was happening. It's a condition. It's happened to other people. It didn't only happen to Jesus. Okay? He sweated blood. As it were, great drops of blood came up. That's how much stress the Lord Jesus was under. You know, when you see vision, sometimes not having vision is a great blessing. Because when you see what is coming so clearly, you know, sometimes you wish you didn't know. Huh? Yes. That's why sometimes God in his mercy does not show us something. It, it, it's easier. And <laughs> he begs the Father, please, let this cup pass me. But then at the end, you say, but not my will, but yours. And since it was the Father's will, it was the Father's will to have him go through this thing. It was his will. It was not not his will. He went through it. That was bitter. The bitterness of death. He tasted it. Death is bitter. Do not, because you don't like bitter things, like all of us here, start denying the truth. Don't tell lies against God. Don't join those who do. When you hear someone say, God can never, God has never, ask them, what about his? What about this? 
What about that? I hear there's a doctor. Someone was telling me the other day. I've heard different versions, but that there are those that, how do you say this? That God say any suffering in the Bible that is never God. Even the suffering of a thief. What about the suffering of a murderer? Huh? No suffering at all. God did not give authorities in Romans 13 the power to bear a sword. He said he did not give them power, that power in vain. Have you read that before? He says God gave the power for them to carry a sword. To do what? To play tumble tumble. What do you do with a sword? Oh, peeling cassava. The God who gave men the power to bear the sword gave it for a reason. And since all those different scriptures that say the Lord kills, the Lord makes alive, is not clear in some languages. You see, if something happens five times, you might say maybe five people were drunk. When something occurs so many times, when God's number one name is the God of war, the Lord of the heavenly armies, you, didn't, they don't, you don't gather armies to play. What do you call it? Huh? Think of. 10 10, depending on where you're coming from. Think of, think of, what do white people call it? Who grew up in America? You know how to play? No, hotspot is the one on the ground. Huh? That way? What? Yes, yes, that, that, yes, that's the sound. I don't know what these people even say. Tinkle, tinkle, That's the sound. There's a prodigal sound coming. Can you see I was a child? It's still inside me. Just came out. <laughs> May the word of God dwell in you this richly. <laughs> I mean, I know the, it's like, I know it better than you, sir. Hey, I was playing that in 1984. Okay. <laughs> 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 you think the Lord of the heavenly armies is bringing the army to do? Our side against your side. <laughs> <laughs> really? Those are human jokers. That do dance fight. Where? We dance. It's fight, fight. It's war. And it's real. There shall be blood. And God's number one name occurring. I can't remember now whether two times. If you know how many times of course. The, by far more than any other name is the Lord. Your Bible says host. Modern translation said well. Armies. Hosts is never talking about the group of people in their homes. Not citizens. It's when soldiers gather. They say the hosts were gathered. It's soldiers, what you call troops today. He's the Lord of the heavenly armies. Why would someone who does not like fighting have that as his favorite name? A man of peace. Have you read Luke 12? Did you think I came to bring peace? Who has read? Who, when you read that, you can almost swear you saw smoke come up. Who remembers reading that the first time? Your confusion had no end. You're like, you start, that's when you start checking the Bible. You check the front page. What Bible? Is it a cultic Bible? Give me, give me now. Once in a while, open the Bible. Luke 12, verse 51. Let's read together. Let's torture some people out there together. One, two, go. Do you think that I have come to bring peace to the earth? No! I tell you. But division. Oh yeah, break your head. A person that says things like this is still the no, you know. Is a god of what? The, who talked like this? He actually said it. You know, there are things you feel like say, Master, don't say it. Don't say it. 
Don't say it out. Don't say it out. How does this match with Matthew 5? It's not contradictory. It's complementary. When you remember that he's going to do justice and righteousness after he does mercy and truth. So he sends mercy and truth. Oh yeah, run ahead. The thing runs ahead. See, listen, there's mercy available. You're a Jew, you're a Gentile. There's mercy available. So go. Now that you have gotten it, tell them, tell them, tell them. I'm coming back. I'm coming back today while you hear his voice. Don't harden your heart. I'm coming back. And he goes. 2,000 years. On the third day, you rise again. When he comes, you better have your house in order. You even know when he's coming. The calendar is clear enough. He will raise us up that we might live in his sight. Hosea chapter 6. There's people who suffer in the first two days. His own. Hosea 6. Give me from verse 1 to, th- to verse 1 to. Then verse 3 tells you what to do. The same thing we've studied this night. Come, let us return to the Lord. For he has torn us to pieces. But he will heal us. He has wounded us. But he will bind up our wounds. That's bandage it. After two days, he will revive us. After after two days, the Lord, Jesus, this is where Jesus died, 4,000 years from Adam. A day with the Lord is as a thousand years. Four days, the light of the world unchanged. On the fourth day, God created the light, the greater light to rule the day, the lesser light to rule the night. Very clear plan. No confusion here. There's a right time and procedure. The first day, God said, let there be light. And he created the light. And he separated the night from the day. And the evening and the morning were one day. The night from the day. The night from the day. The night from the day. Within the first thousand years, there were two family lines. The night from the day. The light from the darkness. Set. Since Abel had been already. And two lineages. You read it. You read it. Have you read it before? Genesis chapter 3. 4. It tells you. Two lineages. In this one, there's a son called Enos. Or Enoch. Same, similar name. Enosh, Enoch, Enos. In this one, there's a son called Enoch. In this one, there's a son called Lamech. In this one, there's a son called Lamech. If you're not careful, you bond it all together. You get very confused. Immediately, the dark line begins to build cities. For his first son, Cain, already, sharp, sharp. And he built his city and named it after his first son. Immediately. And a crossed one and a blessed line. Immediately starts going like this. And the seventh from Adam, Enoch, begins to call on the Lord. Cain had already rushed and called his own Enoch. Because they always rush first. Always. Everything God already plans to give you. Satan tells you, just, I'll give you now. Now. Before, <laughs> see, I mean before 11, the day your house. Just do this thing I'm saying. It is the nature of darkness. No, don't wait till marriage before you. Have intimacy with the opposite sex. Now, you can't be waiting like that before you make money. You cannot get wealth. Gradually. Your mates are driving cars. Now, everything about the dark line. And I see children of God because you don't understand these things. You're jealous of people on the dark lineage. Oh, if you understand. If you understood. If you understood, you'll be patient. You know that when someone, we cannot open, have we? Hey, we cannot open. Everything we open, the road just keeps going. You notice every road we go. <laughs> hey, the path of the righteous, it shines brighter. 
and brighter. The problem is the righteous do not meet enough. Huh? You look at their lineage. You look at the book of Matthew. <laughs> they say Matthew. Genesis. The Matthew of the Old Testament. Genesis. <laughs> uh, Genesis chapter 4. They rushed and brought Cain's lineage. Rushed like this. No, they waste time. Verse 17. She conceived and gave birth to the waiting. Enoch. Then Cain built a city and named the other Enoch. Cain's child. First child. You don't rush. Give him name. I'm going to teach you something. I've told you before. Let me tell you again. So I said it many years ago. You're going to hear people say that the Judeo-Christian, that is the Jewish Christian, the Bible, everything here is Jewish Christian. Just understand that the practices they have of saying that there's the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, that they copied it from the traditions of the world, from the other gods. You're going to say that the practices, let me expose one of Satan's biggest tricks. When he knows God intends to do something, he rushes and does it first. Amongst the greatest disadvantages of that is that by the time God now does his own, people say, no, now he's just copying the other guy. Do you understand? Some of you don't. The devil knows or knew that the Lord Jesus, the seed that was promised to Eve in chapter 3, that will crush the head of the devil, he knew that he was coming. So he started trying to replicate seed on the earth to defile the coming seed. The Bible tells you that angelic beings came down and did what? Genesis 6. And slept with the daughters of men. And they gave birth to children. They are the mighty men of old. The Giborim. Men of renown. Hercules. Achilles. All those beings. Persons. Half God. Half man. That you've heard in Greek mythology. It's not mythology. It happened. And they came to the earth. Had a brilliance and strength that was not human. Built amazing things. It's not theory. Because you're going to hear pastors, teachers, scholars tell you no, that he was talking about the line of Seth and the line of King, that the sons of God were the line of Seth. This has been the most popular teaching in the church for nearly a hundred plus or 200 years. It's false. It's a lie. The evidence of these beings is all around the world. They built things. You only know about the pyramids of Egypt if you are not, you haven't heard us talk of these things before. No, they are amazing structures that human beings cannot build all around the world. The stones are too big. There's no machine today to build it. I'm not saying in those days they could not build it. Now, no one can build it. The stones are too big. Nobody can move them. There's, there are no machines that can move those stones. Those structures are all around the world. A lot of them are in the South American, on the South American continent, but they are everywhere else. There's no part of the world. The most known ones, the best known ones, are the pyramids of Egypt, which are actually smaller stones. Of the, there are parts of them that are under the water, like off the coast of Japan. Massive stones, one stone the size of almost this building. One stone, I mean this space we are in. Picture this rectangle space we are in. Long from here all the way down. Long. No, no machine. Nothing can move such a stone. Now, there are 
construction sites, those stones are still there. Now, they've been there for thousands of years. Where did they come from? They are all over the world. I repeat, it's not in one or two or three places. Impossible structures are there. They cannot be explained. So what human beings have done is say that ancient aliens came to the earth and built them. Ancient aliens, sons of God, came to the earth and slept with the daughters of men. They are not ancient aliens. They are watcher angels that came to the earth. They are trying to come again, by the way. You should know. Came to the earth. But before they manifest fully, they have to deceive everyone's mind. So by the time they come and their leader comes and says, I am Christ. Christians everywhere will go, wow. And they will be deceived. If it were possible, even the elect. Have you read that before? If you walk around in your Christianity pompously, I pity you. Because I'm almost certain you bow to them when they come. And you'll be deceived. And you worship the anti-substitute Christ and say it's Jesus. They came. They built. So what the devil does, similar to what happened when the Holy Spirit came and overshadowed Mary and a child was conceived in her womb. Satan rushed and did. Are you understanding? This is his method. I gave you the examples in your personal lives. He knows that if you stay chaste and pure, good things, better things will happen in your marriage. So he must defile it ahead of time. He knows if you keep your mind pure, free of sexual thoughts and all that, you have a better life all around. So he rushes and defiles it. He always looks at what God plans to give you and runs first to do it so he can spoil it. It's a classic maneuver where you attack first in war. This is why many people don't like God. Because they are like, God always moves too slow. While you're moving slowly and trusting, and God is saying, wait. I'm like, ah, God, see, everybody's passing me. Ah. It's why many people can never be serious Christian. They don't like God's method. His method, ah, God's method, ah. Look at my mates. Who has heard my mates? Oh, my mates, my mates, my mates. They got there ahead of my day. My mates, my mates, my mates. They will now decide on my fate. My mate, where my mate, where my mate. <laughs> Stop singing the my mate song. Where is your mate? Where is your mate? Wait, wait, you saw the list when God was creating people and he wrote mates. How did they become your mate? We were in school together. Oh, that makes them your mate. You read the same books. You read the same Bible. You watched the same things. You played the same games. You read this, you did everything together? No, not exactly that. I'm just saying in the same class. So, how does that make them your mate? Do you know what they know? Do they know what you know? You know my plan for your life? Have you ever seen my plan for your life? Mm -mm. But I know the plans you have taught me are thoughts of good. Then can you shut up and sit down in this world? Find a place, sit down and stop quoting empty Bible. So if you believe the plans are good, why are you agitated? Go and sit down. And he thought that I was thinking maybe that you have forgotten. Forgotten what? I am God. I forget. God forgets. He looks like your uncle. I promise you something that. <laughs> You've been calling. It's like you don't know what brought the number. It seems it's ringing, but God is not your uncle. How many of you once asked God for something? You forgot it long. You remember after it had come to pass your life. And it hit you like this. 
wonderful. This is why I prayed about that. Has God shocked you before? Sometimes after years, you've forgotten it. God doesn't forget. It's because you don't know him. God does not forget. He's calmly, he hears. He hears, he noted down. He's a great king. Great kings don't run. Great kings don't run. He's a great king. One got to run because of you. I don't understand. It's not where the legs of a king are that the power is. Where the word of the king is. All he has to do is open his mouth. Okay. Let there be light. Boom. Let the water set. <laughs> he will just say it and keep. How long does it take? We don't know. We know there's an evening and a morning. Just like day with him. It's like a thousand. Believe it. Have peace. He blessed down and looked for trouble. Me, yeah, I'm here. God has his ways. The wise man will know. The wise heart will know. Oh, today, pray for a wise heart. Come on, lift your hands wherever you are. Father, give me a wise heart. Give me a wise heart, good God. Oh, merciful God. I want a wise heart, oh Jesus. What a wise heart. What a wise heart, oh holy God. Give us wise hearts in Jesus' name we pray. Give everyone here a wise heart. Remove the foolishness from within. Oh my God, we fear the rod. But your word says that the rod of correction drives out foolishness in the heart of a child. We welcome your correction. We welcome the Lord's correction. That's what will make your heart wise. When he drives out the foolishness, ask the Lord, drive out the foolishness. Drive out the foolishness. Purge me of foolishness. Purge me of foolishness. I want a wise heart. I want a wise heart. We want wise hearts, Jesus. Jesus, everyone that asks, answer us, O God. Answer us, O God. Answer us, O God. Answer us, O God. Hear us, good God. Wise heart. Amen. Amen. May the Lord hear your prayer. Some of you are wondering, I want to know the right time and procedure. No, a wise heart will know the right time and procedure. You understand? I like going to the root of the matter. Just ask for a wise heart and you will know the right time and procedure. When you're faced by something, you want, is this the right time? Is it, a wise heart will know it. What you need within is a wise heart. Unfortunately, foolishness dwells in the heart of a child. So when you mature, foolishness will leave. And to mature, the rod of correction will drive it out. Therefore, to mature, you must be corrected. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God. Second Timothy 3. And it is profitable for re teaching, reproof, correction. Scriptures. Correction, correction, correction. Now what happens if you won't place yourself in the path of correction? You avoid places where correction comes. What if you are unwilling to open up yourself to the possibility of being corrected? What if you do not like going to places where correction comes? So if you're wise, if you have a little wisdom, a little, if you have a little wisdom, you will be open-minded to correction. You won't just accept it. You will take yourself. Where is that place where they always correct me? In my thinking. The word repent is the Greek word metaneu, which means 
change your thinking. Get your thinking corrected. If your thinking is not, people think repent means the day you gave your life to Jesus. No, it means to change. Every time you change your thinking to the right thinking, you have just repented. That's why Christians can say, ah, yesterday I repented. Oh, really repented about the way I speak. It doesn't mean you just got born again. It means you changed your mind. You accepted that the way I speak is not right. Do you know if someone calls me stupid, I always tell them, <laughs> slip it back. That, that, that's what I've done. Anytime, if you tell me one, I'll tell you three. That's how I've been. Then you now heard the truth. You were corrected by the word of God by saying when he was reviled, he did not revile back. You know, and then they say, pray about it. And you say, oh God, forgive me. Help me never. Put a guard over my lips. Amen. And next time they call you stupid, when you talk about to answer by reflex, you start coughing. <laughs> like something... And later you wonder, what kind of evil cause is that? Did that person strike me with something and the Holy Spirit reminds you? Didn't you say I should put a guard over your mouth? You remember you said you wouldn't? Ah, and you're happy. Oh, thank you, Lord. You stopped me each time. So you must want correction. And that's how you have a wise heart. You know what that would do for you? You know the times and you know the procedure. Knowing the time is not enough. Esther fasted for three days with her handmaids and the rest of the Jews. That Those three days was the proper time to approach the king. But the procedure for presenting it was another matter. And what did she do? She didn't walk in and say, king, at the end of three days. King, I have something to tell you. You see, Samar? You see, Samar? The king who had not pointed the scepter yet at you. So they won't cut off your head. Since you are shouting, he maybe he forgot to point the scepter. They said, the, the story, they say, historically, is that there was someone with a very long axe. That if the king didn't listen, that he swing the axe and cut your head. I don't know how true, but some scholar said that. I don't know. But maybe that's when, before he completes the sentence, your head <laughs> separates from your body. Why? Because... You didn't follow the right procedure. The procedure, she came to the king and said, Oh king, please, if it please you, please come and enjoy my banquet. I've organized some small thing for you. Please. And the other part of the procedure, and let Herman come to That's procedure. When you don't know procedure, one minute, what if Herman did not come? You and me, how would you have told the king this thing? I need to see you in the room later. Is it not what your brain would have told you? You would call Herman to accuse him in front of him. Even when your own small friend who cannot harm you, even to apply or anything, something happened, you whisper behind. You're telling me you would have called Herman there when you want to report his plan. She called. When she waited on the Lord, she got procedure. She didn't rush in. What? What? That you kill us. Amy, Esther, it's not a, ah, no, no. Does she know who we are? Then you go in the flesh. That's how they'll bundle you and they bundle you. Then they'll kill all your people. Because you know no timing. You know no procedure. Do you know how many battles we lose? Do you have any clue? How many? We don't know. In God's mercy, we don't know how many battles we lose. 
because of having no method. Let me use a language of approach. So next thing, you come up with your own head method of approach. Don't come up with your own. Learn to have a wise heart, which comes from multiple corrections, which you have received, not rejected. Many people, you reject corrections. God puts people in your life to correct you, but you scare them off and they stop correcting you. You will never have a wise heart. You, how can you have a wise heart? The opposite of a wise heart can only be a foolish heart. It's only the rod of correction that drives foolishness out of the heart of a child. Therefore, maturity acquired through living foolishness is what brings you to a wise heart. And a mature person, as we saw, knows God. And what does he know about God? That God has kindness and God has severity. God has mercy, which he sends out. But pay attention to truth because truth will tell you about judgment and righteousness that the throne is coming and this throne cannot be dropped, set down without the foundation of righteousness and judgment. If you understand what I'm saying, you understand the latter book part of Revelation. You will understand Daniel. You understand Isaiah. You understand all of them. Because the whole earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord. That glory cannot come without a throne. And before the throne lands, they must lay the foundation in the law of God, which is righteousness and justice. Therefore, what is Satan doing? He's struggling to lay a foundation of lawlessness. The absence of righteousness and the absence of justice. Thou shalt have no other God before me. I'm the Lord your God. That's, that's what is just. That is what is right. Thou shalt make no given image. That is right. You shall not worship me. It is not just that you worship what did not create you. It is only right that you worship the one who created you. Justice is judging things rightly. I made everything. I made man. You only worship the maker. How dare you worship anything else? It is unjust. It is not righteous or not right. To make an image. In the day I appear to you, did you see any image? Don't therefore make anything and claim it's me. You shall not take my name in vain. Don't use my name uselessly. As though it's a useless thing to tell a lie to make a promise, to say things. And for those that say, I don't do it that way. What about you who carries the name of the Lord? Jesus reduced it and said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Or you are taking my name in vain. How? The implication of let your yes be yes, that you shouldn't swear by heaven, for it's the throne of God. Shouldn't swear by Jerusalem, is the city of the great king. You shouldn't swear by even the hair on your head because you can't make one to grow. So what should I swear by? Let your yes be yes. And your no be no. Any other thing besides that is sin. Because my name is upon you. You have told people that Jesus is your Lord. You have adopted and claimed that my name. Did the Bible not say whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved? Are you saved? So you called on my name. So my name is upon you. I have placed my name upon you. There is no other name given under heaven by which men might be saved. So you are saved. So my name is upon you. You are the place of my name. For you to now open your mouth. You, where my name is written, to be lying. 
You have taken my name in vain. You're using my name as this is a worthless thing. Does my name upon you not convey to you that no deceitful speech may proceed from your lips? We don't understand this. You will honor the days of rest, the seasons that God commands you to seize from your own works. That's what Sabbath means. It doesn't mean a seventh day. It means seasons. I've told you, there's not only the weekly Sabbath. There's the yearly Sabbath every seven years. There's the, every seven times seven years, the 49th to 50th year Sabbath. It's called a Jubilee. All of them were Sabbaths of the Lord. Same thing with Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. Every year it was celebrated. They were the Sabbaths of the Lord. All of them. On these days, you did no ordinary work. The Bible explains what it is. You don't do ordinary work. You don't do as you normally do. You must cease from your own activities. But in the classic attachment to shadow above substance, people say, no, no. It means every Saturday, we cannot move. I have a very simple question. Every seventh year, do you stop working? Do you resign? You are a... Hippo. I'll stop there. I don't want to add Popo. Some people even added Temos. I, I, me, I'm kinder. I'll just give you Hippo. Keep the Sabbath holy. What is the Sabbath? How can you keep what you don't even know? He sanctified the seventh day. That means he set it apart. There are seasons God has appointed. He has set apart. Where you act, think, respond different. I've told you, Many things about Sabbath, how weekly you should rest. God wants you to have days when you, you rest and cease from activity. That's something we have to practice more. I've spoken about it many times over the years. You can't be busy every time. A job that makes you busy all the time is not a godly job. And I'm very serious. Thank God for Sundays. A day that is recognized a bit. But you should try for your physical health. There are two reasons given for Sabbath in the Bible. Not one. One is in Genesis. One is in Exodus. Go and search that. It's said differently. He says, this is why. Why are, those, why are those things there? If you haven't paid attention, you won't understand it. You focus on the shadow. You're missing the substance. The substance was not that a day. Are you implying that everyone that doesn't recognize Saturday or cease from activity on Saturday is going to hell? Then what will you do with the countries that changed it years ago to every 10th day in their fighting the systems of things? Countries that have no Jewish background, have no Christian background, nothing. They are there. So this thing you're saying, but God has revealed himself to people. There are people who have given their hearts to Jesus and followed him. Very many people have never followed any of these things. The early church met constantly on the first day of the week, the Bible says. Things were changed, adjusted, yes, under the Greek culture. Yes, the Bible tells you that there will be a time. Because it the time of the Gentile. There's a thing like that, the real thing. Is it possible in the coming age there will be an insistence on the seventh day? Possibly, but to give the impression that that's required for you to be accepted by God. I'm sorry, you can't but be wrong. There are too many godly people like me who have not obeyed what you're saying. And I'm very sure that at least there's one or two other godly people here. <laughs> okay, you're up to 10. The rest of you are not even sure if you're godly. Why are you not protesting? No, no, I expected a reaction. You didn't react. There are godly people everywhere. Who, has who have never kept a seventh day 
physically, whether Saturday or Sunday. They are doing one thing or the other. But every Tuesday, they stop everything and pray and seek God. Go and kill them. How dare you look for God on Tuesday? I called God on Tuesday, answered, break our phone. Whoever prayed on Wednesday here and you, you respond, you, you're waiting on the Lord on Wednesday and God seemed to answer you. How, sinner? God help us. Are you hearing me? Oh, you don't want God to help us? Because we get hung over a shadow. Never get hung over a shadow. And you go fall in love with a shadow. See the human being. Huh? What's in it? I need a shadow. How do you control this light for me? I need a shadow. Leave this, my light on. It will spoil it. Come. Be like that. Go like this for me. This is your shadow scatter. <laughs> okay, I see a clear one here. There's a major shadow. You know, I've always loved you. <laughs> you are my sunshine. You make me happy. How would you feel? Words cannot describe what you'll be thinking. Her shadow. You fell in love with her shadow. God will save us. Thank you. For those who don't know what I'm saying, because you don't know Bible enough, the Bible says that Christ is the substance. The law gave us the shadow of things to come. So the law was given. That Genesis to Deuteronomy was telling you everything that is coming. Therefore, wise hearts go there because even the timing, all there, the devil knows. Save the understanding. These people, they, they don't know the calendar. Ah, on the fourth day, Jesus came. Yeah. Read. It tells you, on the fourth day, he created the light. Everything that happened, I started describing. Let there be light. It happened in history. <laughs> he separated day from night. Good child versus bad child. Just separated it like that. Dark versus light. And then he continued separating water from land, separating water from water above and below. Things that are heavenly and things that are earthly. The earthly minded, the heavenly mind. By the time we're getting to Abraham, he's distinguishing the rest of the world. You're thinking Abraham was such a wonderful man. That's why God. No, the sovereign God goes through the earth fulfilling his word. He's, he's fulfilling scripture. All of scripture is prophecy. And scriptures must be fulfilled. Filled to the fullest. So he goes around. I need someone to help me fulfill this one. Uh, yeah, you come. Uh, Abraham, come, come, Abraham, Abraham. I need you to move. You are implementing a plan, a plan whom the planner from the foundation of the world had in place. Uh, then you, um, okay, yeah, yeah. Close that womb, close that womb, close that womb. Not because anything is wrong with Sarah. No, there's a plan. And this, we need actors. And God's acting, everything is real. That is, in his acting, there's no acting. But it's real, <laughs> Drama like this. Planned. Oh, if only we would trust God. Oh, if only you could trust God. Ah, if you can trust God. And then he goes on. All right, so yeah, uh, the, the heavenly from the earthly. Okay, as well as stars above the sun on the earth. Okay, yes, children. Okay. Then he's, he's, he's dividing. He's doing Genesis. He has been doing Genesis. Now we are at the end of the sixth day. The sixth day is two days from Jesus. 2,000 years from Jesus is the end of the sixth day. We are not yet at the end of the sixth day. When you're there, you know. You will know when you get to the end of the sixth day. We are not yet there. 
The end of the sixth day is the season or is the time when man was created. In this same sixth day, he created the wild animal, wild beast. What are wild beasts? Daniel 7, animal. People of all kinds. Are you seeing the kind of people coming on earth? I'm not even sure people have done the things people are doing before. They didn't have the technology as far as I know. At least physical technology. Maybe they had demonic technology. Do you know? I can't show you. There are pictures I can't show you. And I don't even know if you can see it or you want to see it. Human beings have pigmented their eyes, this white, to black. Put in horns. All their teeth are sharper than an animal's own. The other one split his tongue like a snake. Surgery. It is so horrible. It is so scary. They are doing all of that. It's in the same day God created Adam that he created the wild animal. All kinds. Then he formed the man out of the dust of the earth. And he breathed the breath of life into him and he became a living soul. But then that's the shadow. First Corinthians 15 tells you about the real. He calls him the last Adam. And he tells you that that last Adam is a life-giving spirit. Tells you about the first Adam being a living soul. But the last Adam, he calls him the last Adam. The last state which man shall be is a life-giving spirit. Creation is awaiting the manifestation of the Son of God. To deliver them from their groaning. Because they will be life-giving spirits. They will bring life wherever they go. The sixth day is two days from the fourth day. So we were at Hosea 6. And he says, after two days, he will raise us up that we might live in his presence. In the BSB, King James, others may say, in his sight. After two days, he will revive, make our life. After two days. Not these first two days. Because the first Adam, at his end of his two days, he created the age of chaos. A very problematic time in this world. Thereafter, Abraham was called. At the end of the 2000 year period. About 1950 or so years. To 2000. That was the end of the first Adam's two days. There was a form of revival. And God found a man. And called him the father of faith. And sent him out. And he began his journey. Third day. Entered the third day. End of two days. The third day. He transitioned over into the third day. Here. After Moses arose. Came with the Lord. Because it's in the third day. That God does his deals. The third day is God's time. And then he crosses. Thereafter from the third day. All of this is shattered. Then he continues. Since. He always sends men ahead. The law and the prophet was, was until John. He continued and their time is winding down. The lesser light to rule the night, the greater light to rule the day. Bam! Jesus arrived. Then the journey continues. This is the last Adam. He's revived. He begins the work. The creator is amongst men. He starts creating. Living stone. He goes on. How does he do it? By breathing the breath of life, the Holy Spirit into them. He formed them and breathed his life. Wait for me in Jerusalem and I'll send you the promise of the Father. And again, the Father breathed. <sighs> Shadow experiment. They really come out well. 
Real deal. It shows you that in the flesh dwells no good thing. The flesh, a revelation from heaven at Pentecost on Mount Sinai, 50 days after they left Egypt, 50 days, they got to Sinai. Pentecost, everything, shadow formats. He proves to you without a doubt that no flesh shall glory in his flesh. Then he says, guys, you see how that went with the Jews? See how that went, right? You see how that went with Hagar and her son? They're in bondage. See the flesh? Profits nothing. The word I speak to you. They are spirits and they are life. Boom, he continued. The, this is the real deal. You and I had the blessing to be born under the real deal. And we are still playing worse than the people under the old year. A new covenant he made. A first covenant he made. A new covenant he made. This one will fulfill the promise here. The fulfillment is here. You continue till today. After two days, he will revive. You don't revive what was not once alive. Do you understand? You revive a person who fainted. Fan him, bring water, fan. Give them mouth to mouth resuscitation. Restart their hearts. Bam! Reviving of that which once was alive, but died. What's that? Romans 5. Through one man, we all died. The first Adam healed us all. Through him, death entered the world. Verse 17 of Romans 5. It tells you, we all died. For by the trespass of the one man, death reigned through that one man. How much more will those who receive an abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? After two days, like after two days here, are you saying this? There will be men of faith, sons and daughters of Abraham, who have copied him according to Isaiah chapter 51. Those who seek after righteousness, look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah, who gave you birth. When I called him, he was born. One. Which one do you want? Any. This or this. Abraham or Jesus. When I called him, was born one. He was born one. You like crowds? Sorry. You will be disqualified. You don't do anything except everyone does it. Do. Because God's method does not do crowds. He tells you, go back to verse 1, they didn't see. Listen to me, you who pursue, what? Righteousness. Second Timothy 2 told you to pursue what? Mapra Taylor, verse 20, 21. You come back here immediately. So if anyone cleanses himself of what is unfit, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified, useful to the master, and prepared for every good work. Read with me. Flee from youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace together with those who call on the Lord out of a pure hands. Together with who? Thugs. Together with sharp guys. Yahoo boys. Cool girls. Rich men. Politicians. They are known for a pure heart. And they? No politicians are having a very pure. Oh, okay. I think I'm mixing up something. Who are you looking for? Huh? You want to pursue God? You want to find God? Who should you look for if you're going to be pursuing righteousness? It's telling you those who call on the Lord out 
of a pure heart. Those who call on the Lord. Out. Because there are those who call on the Lord. Matthew 7, 21. What does it say? Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only who does the will of my Father in heaven. Who are you to run with? No, my case is different. You don't understand. You don't understand. See, I have grace. See, there's this grace I've always had. See, there's this grace I've had. Not me. I'm using him for example. <laughs> there's this grace I've had. Who has come across it? There's this grace I've had. Listen, nobody can cleanse me. Nobody can cleanse me. Nobody can cleanse me. I'm telling you, guy, you don't believe. See, nobody can cleanse me. I fit there around guys where they drink, smoke, womanize, do anything. Nothing fit touch me. I did like duck under water. Now, gift. A gift of stupidity. <laughs> oh, you that knoweth more than God Almighty. So you will pursue God with those who have an impure heart and end up because the scriptures can be broken by only you. You have this ability to break scripture and nothing happens. Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness. You who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were caught and to the quarry from which you, who were, you were hewn. Question, who is the rock? First Corinthians said, who is the rock? So when I came here, I'm pointed. But after that, he said, look to Abraham because that's the shadow we have. Are you understanding? Was Jesus born in Isaiah by Isaiah's time? They had to use shadows for us. Do you understand? Puppets, they had to use a symbolism. They had to use things that look like, have you ever seen this thing they do on the wall? And you, you know the rabbit, right? And they, they had to use shadows. Abraham the shadow. Adam the shadow. Moses, the shadow mediator, allow God to be God. Common sense should tell you that if you want to know what is coming in the real, you should go and check those shadows very well. Do you know what the devil did? He said, tear out the shadow. Just tear it. Throw it away. They call it Old Testament. They say, get rid of it. You don't need it. What do we need it for? New creation reality. Staggering in the spirit like a drunk man. Which reality? How can you have the reality? When he gave you the shadow, he said, search the scripture. In it, you think you have life? It speaks of me. He told you, it speaks of me. He rose from the dead in the book of Luke. What? He says, as they expressed that, he said, don't you know? And he began from Moses. The first five books of the Bible are referred to as Moses. And the prophets and the son. And he showed them the things that Christ must need have suffered. He showed Christ. Christ showed Christ by going here because there was nothing like the New Testament. Then a set of people came and said, we don't need it again. Receive sense in Jesus' name. Receive sense in Jesus' name. Receive sense in Jesus' name. You're hearing me and you have this weird... You, that's what happens when you follow those that pursue God knows what. From what kind of heart. Follow those who pursue God, with a pure heart. How you check them is not by how much they say. Take none. Bepros. Pedion. That's Greek for child in different ways. Different levels of children. Yes. Mm. When you want to mm, turn them mm, back. 
Hum what? Hum what? What are you humming? What did hum do? So because you spoke Greek, I can speak Greek too. I've taught you, I've been writing out the Greek I teach you, you can say by anyone says anything in Greek to you, say back. Find good one in Greek. When they say, you say back. I should give you a simple Greek word. Someone tell you, you know the, plus say carries. That's grace. <laughs> Learn five Greek words, say it back. Because people, you pursue empty knowledge. You're, you're astounded. You're mesmerized by people seeming wise. There's a difference between seeming wise and being wise. There's a right time and procedure. How do you know someone is wise? They understand right time and procedure. They don't just, a child does not know right time and procedure, right? Wakes up around 2 a.m. I'm hungry. Ah! Oh God, this procedure here. Wake up and go. Mommy, mommy, hungry. Ah, ah. Children do not know immaturity. So there are different reasons. Some is immaturity. Then there's sinfulness in the nature of, in the heart of people. When you know the right time, you understand that this was Abraham's time to act the shadow. Adam's time had passed. Then Jesus, the substance, and he began to show us more clearly. Remember the path of righteousness shines brighter and brighter. It, has, it started dark. <coughs> Listen. It started darker, but it shines brighter and brighter. Okay? You need to give it time. It will get clearer. And that's what Jesus came and did. The light of the world. The greater light to rule the day. Lesser light had been given when it was night. There was darkness over the face of the deep. And God said, let there be light. So first, what you come across in the book of Genesis chapter 1 in the beginning is what first? Darkness or light? Darkness first. Then in the midst of the darkness, the God who causes light to shine. Second Corinthians 6, verse 4. Light to shine out of darkness. Verse 4, 4 verse 6, sorry. Second Corinthians 4, verse 6. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of what? The knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, the God who said, let light shine out of darkness. I'm explaining. Are you seeing the connection? So you know I'm not just making up things. The God who said, where? Let light shine out of darkness. Here, before Adam, right? Has caused what? Given us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. Where? In the face of Jesus. So when did God say, let there be light first, before Adam? Did he say it again? He said it again with Jesus. Are you understanding? So can you agree with me that it's okay that this is a beginning? And after two days, he will raise us up. Are you understanding? And we will live in his sight. This is the plan. This is the plan. I'll just give you one tidbit because I have to wrap up now so we can go. What did God do on the third day? Want to know? Verse 9 of Genesis chapter 1. Verse 9 to 12. This is what happens on the third day. I'm explaining to you what's next on God's calendar. You want to know? But it's also what's going to happen on the seventh day. Are you understanding? Oh, yeah, because everything he did here, 
let there be light. What did he do? The first day. Uh, all blue. Thank you. First day, first day. Come on. He separated the light from darkness. First day, right? Okay. First day, what? Light from darkness, eh? So, first day, he, he separates light from darkness. I'll just call that LD. Second day, huh? All right. So, on the first day, second day, he separates the waters above from the waters below. On the third day, he separates the dry land. You're holding Bible. Free expo. You don't know. Okay, so this is light. This is land. Huh? From the waters. Huh? Not just seas, you know. It's water. Is, it, is this okay? Do we have it? What happens on the fourth day? He creates the, the sun and the moon. Can we just say that? The Bible calls it the greater light and the lesser light. You agree? What does he do on the fifth day? He separates. Listen, what does he do? You are reading it. On the fifth day, he populates the sky and the sea. Are you hearing? He populates it. That's the easiest way to do it. He doesn't just create fish. He creates the birds, the fowls of the air. Have you checked? Have you seen it? And on the sixth day, he creates animals and man. Animal. Animals and man. Let me not do that. I'll create problems first. And then on the seventh day, he rests. All right, watch. Now, I've shared this before, so some people, it's not anything. First day, connect to fourth day. Second day, connects to fifth day. Third day, connect to sixth day. All. Because your God is not disorganized. Our God is not the author of confusion. It's very orderly. All things must be done decently and in order. God is not a hypocrite. Light and day links to greater day, greater light for day, lesser light for night. So light is to light. There was already day and night. And he puts something, he populates that day and populates the night. Throws up a sun into one and puts a moon into the night. Are you seeing? So first, he always creates the container. Then he fills it up. It's his method. It's his way. These are the ways of the Lord. You must know them. Water above, water below. Is that the heavens and the earth? What does he do on day five? He populates above with birds, populates waters below. You see that? He fills it up. Third day, land and water is separated. All this other time, water was everywhere. He separates them. And then what does he therefore do on the sixth day? The Bible says, out of the land grows all kinds of vegetation. Is this okay? Now I need to go to the Bible. Thank you very much. You can take the board. You look at it as you go. God bless you. <laughs> do you understand? Day five. Sorry, I didn't talk about day six. No, I finished day six, right? He puts man in it. He puts man. Are you sure I talked about this? No, I didn't. Come back. Come back. I'm sorry. I was so excited about it if I moved on. <laughs> I'm sorry. I hope you have not wiped it yet. <laughs> come.
Come, come, come. So day, day six goes with land and water. That's day three is to day six. He brings the man out on that day. He separates man from the earth. But he brings other things out of the land also. So he populates what he has created. When he creates something, he fills it up. It is God's nature to form a thing and then ah, to equip it, to fill it up. It's always, it is why I find it a bit interesting. Oh dear, I won't go there. No time. God bless you. God bless you. Go. Thank you. Listen to me. You want to understand a little of what will happen on the third day we are about to enter. You look at, at the former third day. The former third day, which is also commensurate to what? The sixth day. I understand it? So look at what he formed on the third day and you can have a clue of what is coming on the sixth. And the Bible tells you in the book of Genesis chapter 1. That's what God is doing right now. Then God said, verse 11. Is it nine? Sorry. Nine. Yes, he did all of this. He says, and God said, let the waters under the sky be gathered into one place so that the dry land may appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth and the gathering of waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Okay. He didn't stop there. Then God said, let the earth spring forth vegetation. Seed bearing plants and fruit trees, each bearing fruit with seed according to its kind. And it was so. This is the third day. You have plants bringing forth. So there's a separation at the land and plants grow out. Is this clear? What is the equivalent of plants? What is the equivalent of plant? You need to go to day what? What day is this? Day three. So what do you want to know he was telling you about? You go to day six. That's the commensary date, right? And what does God do on day six? Out of the... Oh yeah, jump, jump, show us. Let's, let's actually read it in verse 24. Okay? And God said, let the earth bring forth... Did he say let the earth bring forth the first time? What did he bring forth? Vegetation and seed-bearing plants. And again, he says, let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kind. Livestock, land, crawlers, and beasts of the earth according to their kind. And it was so. He didn't stop there. God made the beasts of the earth according to their kind. The livestock according to their kind. And everything that crawled upon the earth according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said on the same day, let us make man in our image after our likeness to rule over. So what happens on day six? Rulers are created in the same day. These creatures are created. Are you understanding? God is working on a ruling company. The Bible says in the book of Revelation chapter 20 that there is a first resurrection. And then it tells you there is a general resurrection. In the first resurrection, very clearly written, very rarely understood or known or spoken about by the church. All the majority of Pentecostals talk about is rapture, a word that is not in the Bible. Don't be offended. It doesn't mean what they are saying is not going to happen. It's just that you, understand, you don't understand a thing well when you've never studied it for yourself. So you better study it for yourself if this is the first time you're hearing. Now, someone is going to say, no, I saw that word in the Bible. No, you did not. Never. You didn't see it. I'm sorry. And to be cut away, it's from the word rapture, Greek rapture. No. There's no such word. 
is the word hapazu. It occurs other times in the Bible. To cut away. Philip was cut away. Was hapazu. There will be a snatching away. Or an instant change. First Corinthians 15 calls. What is this about? It's a transformational event that will occur quite soon. So the principle is there. Don't bother about it much. Don't go into an argument about it. And they will be changed. And the good God will pick his rulers. It's not the first time. He will give dominion over all the other things created on the other day. That same, that same day. People who behave like animals will be ruled. Man that is in honor. Isaiah 49. And does not know it is like the beast of the field. You understand that scripture now? Some of you don't know. Isaiah some. 49. Man that is in honor and does not know it. It's like the animals of the field that perish. Let me say it for you. You will be ruled over. If you live according to your desires, creatures of instinct made to be destroyed. Have you read that before? In the book of who? Jude, Peter. You read that. Creatures of instinct, brutes, beasts. You read that before. Do you want to be ruled over? Or are you willing to pay the price? Who was created first? Huh? No. Who was created first? Who came last? And the last shall, do you understand it? And the first shall be the last. Do you know why Christians are so crazy about politics and other things? Because they don't know their Bible. As I'm explaining this, are you happy understanding or not? Daniel 7 tells you that I saw four wild beasts. You have not read? Who came first? Who was created first in Daniel? Oh. Who came first in Daniel chapter 7? Is it not four wild beasts? Who came last? A fifth kingdom. A rule. Formed without hands, a stone, it struck down the rock. That was the vision that was given earlier. But by the time you get to the book of Daniel, it tells you, I saw the ancient of this seated and one like unto the son of man. And dominion was given to him. Has dominion been given before? To who? Adam. And it will be given again to Adam. The last Adam. Because there is nothing new under the sun. Ecclesiastes 1, verse 9. Nothing. What is has been. What will be. Is. If you understand and you have a wise heart, you understand procedure. If you could offer me governorship with 10 billion dash and I'll reject it as easily as you give me a cigarette to say, take and smoke. I'll say, mm, I don't like this smell. That's how easily I walk away from an offer to be a governor. Have I don't distract me like that? God forbid. That's the advanced form. Past participle of God forbid. Deeper. God forbid. When you have wild man, wild beast mentality. I'm not a wild beast. I am man in honor. I understand that there's a kingdom coming. Oh, there's a race we must run. There are victories to be won. Ah, you cannot be an overcomer being a wild beast. 
You didn't give me a wild beast scripture. You didn't show us wild beast. There are unbelievers here, not here online. <laughs> wild beast. I thought you give me some 49 wild beast now. Man in honor. Nevertheless, Psalm 49 verse 12. Man being in honor abided not. He is like the beast that perish. There are two verses. This is said twice in Psalm 49. You brought one. Verse 20. Man that is in honor. You see why I'm quoted the wrong. Now it seems as if I didn't know why I was quoted. Man that is in honor and understandeth not. He is like the beast that perish. Are you understanding? This is man that doesn't understand because beasts do not understand. They don't, they don't understand. They don't understand. Let me show it to you. I want, okay, give us the other one. Madam, read. Somebody else, do the read. Just read. We have like, ee, less that. We have about 10 minutes. We are out of here. Okay. Bear, bear, bear. Ma prodaya. Then four great beasts came up. Daniel chapter 7, verse 3. Read from verse 1. Give context. In the first year of the reign of Belshazzar Which over year? Babylon. Which year? Right. We cannot explain everything. Is, it, is this a beginning? Go on. Daniel had a dream. Which king? Which one? Belshazzar. Who knows Belshazzar? Who does not know Belshazzar? Who is this guy? Is this the guy that a hand wrote on the wall and said, many, many, take off Hatton? Is this the guy that sent that they should bring the plate, the corpse of the God of heaven? That he should use to drink. Was he in honor? Eh? Oh God, don't make me show you that Daniel said to him, even though you knew this thing, yet, you didn't read man in honor that does not know it. May you know it. In fact, in fact, pause and pray. Say, God, please, may I know? Oh God. A wise heart. God, may I know? God, may I understand? Oh God, may I understand? Oh God, may I understand. Lord, may I understand the honor you have given me, the opportunity you have given me, the privilege you have given me. I beseech you, give me comprehension, great God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Give us understanding. May we not be like Belshazzar. Who knows and behaves like one who does not know. May we not be treated as animals. Amen. Keep reading. Daniel had a dream and visions passed through his mind as he lay on his bed. He wrote down the dream and this is a summary of his accounts. Daniel declared, In my vision in the night I looked and suddenly the four winds of heaven were churning up the great sea. Then four great beasts came up out of the sea, each one different from the others. The first beast was like a lion. Did you, did you see in Genesis that they created all different kinds of beasts? According to their kind. There are all kinds of human beings on this earth. God forbid that you, a child of God, pick a wild animal to copy. Don't say, maybe you don't understand it. Don't say, you want to copy a wild animal? God forbid that you, 
You, you, you, you, you, you has heard the truth. Children of light. You're telling me children of light are not behaving like wild animals? That's why you must run with those who are pursuing righteousness from a pure heart. Not, not those, who, you don't know what happened to Nebuchadnezzar? He was given the heart of a wild beast. I should go and show you again. Go and read your Bible. It's his heart. The rest followed later. It's the heart that was changed. He was given the heart of a wild animal. And he manifested. And imagine, what do you think is happening in the Western world? You don't understand what's happening? You don't understand. Their hearts are being replaced. They are being heart surgery. Because they gave them over themselves over. Romans chapter 1. To all kinds of ungodliness. God has given them over. To a reprobate, a rejected mind. And it's manifesting physically. So all those guys you look at and start shouting. You can't blame a demon possessed person. It's demons. Now he's at fault for opening up to those demons. But when they take you over so completely. They configure you to become like them. They are changing themselves into the heart. The evil spirits that have come to reside within their heart. And there's no need to tell you all these stories. But all of these beasts were transformed and they became different. They even had a, one had the mind of a man. They changed. They looked reasonable and they ruled the earth until Adam was created. That's why creation is groaning. Because when the earth is ruled by wild animals, everybody suffers. Animals have no plan, no coordination. They are not made in God's image after his life. There's a way they act. There's no orderliness under the rule of animals. They act like animals. Have you seen animals pooping? They go to the toilet. Apart from the cat. Have you seen the ones that they are eating? They are pooping. As they are walking, they are pooping. They are just praying. Waving. Doing their tail. Those are animals for you. They are mating. They don't hide. Afternoon, in the middle of the road, chasing women across the road. Car will almost see them. But the moment it crosses, wow, wow. You're laughing. Are they human beings that behave like this? Creating a mess wherever they go, shamelessly. No shame. Things you ought to be ashamed of. Things that, but most of time, it doesn't come out the back. It comes out the front. Open your mouth. Filth pours out. No shame, no shame on TV anywhere. Dirty what? You don't understand. The animal, the wild animal nature is upon them. That is why you cannot behave like a wild animal and say you are a child of God. <laughs> Hello, fine girl. Hello, fine girl. You goat. And you girl. You goat in heat. Sending out smell of pursue me, pursue me. Pursue me. Who knows what I'm talking about? Who knows that animals have to be in heat to take it? Yes. And that they are sending out pheromones. That they are sending out a smell. That makes those male goats go bonkers. No, no, no. You call it being sexy. I've told you for years. You don't know what you are. I'm explaining to you. Oh, may you understand in Jesus' name. You are man in honor. You are woman, lady in honor. And you act like a, like a goat in feet. The shorter it is, the better. You pull it up. 
You make it tight. You can't move. Every move you make, tight, revealing. You say, no, this is the 21st century. There are wild animals in the 21st century. You're doing all these things in public. Things that are for bedroom with your spouse. No, on the road. No shame. Just slit it here. Just tear the skirt here. That they finish so long. Cut. Come higher. Cut. Tiered. That makes perfect sense to wear a long dress and open all the back up to here. Does make sense. You know, it makes sense. You are you going to the bathroom? Are you going out? Wild beasts do not think about these things. Therefore, God creates within us Christ in us the hope of glory. Dominion is given to him when he comes before the ancient of And he rules over all other kingdoms, all authorities. When Christ is formed in you, little children for whom we grow until Christ is formed in you. He rules. You stand up to do as you used to do. And the Holy Spirit within says, nope. This is why you needed the Spirit in you. Because Jesus cannot come and be standing in each of your rooms. Christ in you. And he tells you, child, you can't weather. He tells you, son, you don't talk like that. He exercises dominion. And when you don't understand, you grieve him. Ephesians 4. You push down the Holy Spirit who was sent to teach you all things. And he's trying to do the job for which he was sent to instruct you, to reprove you. That means rebuke. It's his job. No, you can't repent. No, go back and apologize. You must read your Bible. You have gone for four days without reading anything I wrote to you. Stay back and drop that phone. Drop that phone. Read the Bible. You're going stale. Your heart is hardening. Did you just refuse to answer the sorry that she told you? Did she tell you sorry and say, excuse me, and walk past? To a sorry? Oh, wow. Is that what I taught you? The wisdom from above is pure and it is peaceable. It is gentle and easily entreated. That is when they beg it, it hears easily. Full of mercy and good fruit. Without Partiality and without hypocrisy. Ah, you are behaving like a wild animal here. I am man in honor. Sin should not have dominion over Christ. The spirit of Christ in you is supposed to have dominion. Are these things clear? We are in a day and a time and a season when the animals will seem to be coming first. Are you ready? Oh, because dominion is about to be given to the saints, the holy people of God. This was the promise. It has happened before. He didn't give me Ecclesiastes 1.9. It has happened before and it will happen again. Read. One more time. What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. Is this clear? Finally, Jude 1, 
verse 10. Jude 10. And God, and I'm just giving it to you because I said it. However, these men, who is he talking about men? These men, however, slander what they do not understand. And like irrational animals, they will be destroyed by the things they do instinctively. B, 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 E. We don't understand instinctively. It's too heavy. But these men say evil about such things that they have no knowledge of. Read. And the things of which they have natural knowledge, like beasts without reason, are the cause of their destruction. What is the cost? cause of their destruction? Natural knowledge, like beasts without reason. We will walk with reason. We will not be rational. We will not act carelessly. We will not run after what wild animals are running after. At the same time, the wild animals are running after. We will wait for last so we can be first. Dominion will be given to the saints of God. Dominion, read Daniel 7, read to the end. Dominion was given. But first, he had to do what? Hosea 6. On the third day, I will raise them up and they will live, stand in his presence. First, you must stand in his presence. Are you understanding? Then you will go forth and rule. That's the procedure. Whenever you hear someone to stand in God's presence, live in his presence till it's a, a lifestyle. Embrace it for it's the best thing that can happen to us. He's preparing you for dominion. Sorry, because of time. Daniel 7 tells you that one like the son of man came before the ancient of days. He came into his presence and dominion was given. The Lord Jesus rose from the dead and went to the right hand of the father. He's living in his presence, ever living to make intercession for who? Us, that where he is, you may be also John 7. He doesn't want to do it alone because Adam needs his bride. Are you understanding? Adam needs his bride. God said to them, not to him, to them. Are you understanding what the most is doing? And after this period, the seventh day, God will rest and a new week will begin. Stand to your feet. It's a wonderful time to be alive. Yes? The choice is yours to decide how you intend to emerge. If you will be willing to endure to when? For he who endures to the end will be saved. If you will be willing to endure till the end, the crown and ruler of creation, Adam, was created last. Last. But here you are being told you must come out first. No, allow the proper time and procedure. Even though you are weighed down by misery. God, why? God, why? God, why? Because with this God, who knows the end from the beginning? It is not necessarily the first that will be first. He loves to make the first last. The choosing of the despised things of this world, of the foolish things of this world. You may enjoy it as you're hearing it preached. It's living it that is hard. It's living it. 
When you know you have the capacity to shine here to do this, and God, you can feel God's restraint. No. No. I'm like, oh. And people that know less than you, people that have less grace than you, people that have less ability, people that are less rich, people that, people that, people that, and God is restraining you. It is the wisdom of God. It is the wisdom of this God. And agreeing with it is what is called faith. One more prayer point this night. God, help me to follow Abraham. Pray. You have one minute, two minutes. Lord, help me to pay the price, appearing foolish, not knowing what I'm doing, seemingly barren, believing that I can change my name to the father of nations. Oh my God, help me. Help us. Help me. Help us. Help me. Help us. Help me follow Abraham. Help me walk with him as he did alone. Help me be willing to be alone. Help me be willing to walk alone. Oh God, may I not look for company. May I run the race with similar pure-hearted followers of righteousness. May my desire be this one thing, to keep company with the righteous. May I delight in the righteous, the upright of the land. May this be those whom I delight in. May I esteem greatly those who seek you, God. Deliver me from any desire to hang out with beasts. Every desire to hang out with ungodly and wicked people. Oh God, ask God to deliver you from every affiliation with the unrighteous, with the ungodly. Deliver us, oh God, from all attraction to those who do not fear you. Deliver us. Deliver us, oh God. Deliver us, oh God. Deliver us from there. Let us know. Let us foresee in knowledge of the Lord. He's to us like the rain, like the latter rain, rain. to the earth. Let us know, let us know, let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. He's going forth. Is established as the morning. He will come. He will come to us like the rain, like the laughter and warm of to the earth. Now listen, we are going to see one more time, but listen to me first. This is what follows Hosea 6, verse 2. 
says he will raise us up and we will live in his sight. After that, he now tells you, let us know. He now gives you what to do. So he has struck us. He will bind us up. He will heal us from our woundedness and he will raise us up on the third day. That's the promise. You will live in his presence. It's called the resurrection of the dead. Isaiah 26, Revelations 20, 1 Thessalonians 4, John chapter 5. Those that are dead will arise. They will hear the voice of the Son of God. They will arise from the dead. All. But he tells you in Revelation 20 that there's a batch that will rise up first. There's a batch. Only Revelation distinguishes that there are two resurrections. He says a thousand years will pass. And then the rest. Before that he said none of the dead were raised. The one that were raised ruled with Christ. The Bible says on through. May there be righteousness and justice practiced in your life. If you wish to have a throne to sit upon, because there will be no throne to sit on if you did not lay the foundation for the throne. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. That day will come all those who preach lies and teach people to live wickedly and carelessly while trusting in false words will be found to be liars. If you had righteousness and justice, as a foundation, after embracing mercy and truth, you will be in that company. The rest of the dead, none of the rest of the dead will be. And they rule with Christ for a thousand years. After the thousand years, Satan will be released for his sin. And the rest of the dead will be raised. Hell, Hades will give up its dead. The sea will give up its dead. And the books will be opened. And everyone will be judged according to what is written in the book. Books. This is not a book. There are 66 books here. This is not a book. The books will be opened. And anyone whose name is not found in the Lamb's Book of Life will be cast into the lake, burning with fire. This will happen. It is a, a certainty that it will happen. But here we are before any of this happens. While there is still time to seek the Lord. To call upon it. This is the day of salvation. This is the acceptable he commands us, let us know. This is your job in this act now. To know God, to pursue the kingdom and its righteousness, the knowledge of the Lord. Why? Because as sure as the morning is established, it will come. As sure as rain will come, the former and latter rains that always come, his going forth is established. It is sure. So one more time, I want you to declare this. It's simple. If you don't know how to sing it, say it. But put it this way. Say, I will know. Make it a declaration three times. You repeat that first line and then you say the, the rest. I will know. I will pursue the knowledge of the Lord. He's going for He's the staff inside the morning. He will talk to us like the rain, like the water and fall away to the earth. Just say with me, I will know. 
I will pursue the knowledge of the Lord. I will pursue minutes of your heart. The knowledge of the mighty God is going forth. It's established as the morning. He will come to me like the rain. To me like the rain. Like the laughter and from the rain to the earth. One more time, the queen, I will know. I will watch you. The knowledge of the Lord God is going forward. He's established as the morning of the to me like the rain, like the water and warm the rain to the earth. He will come, you come to us, you come to us like the rain, to us like the rain, like the water and warm the rain. One more time, declare the Lord will come. He will come to us like the rain, like the laughter and from a rain to the earth. Lift your hands, everyone. May your prayer be answered more than you ask for or imagine. Everyone, everywhere, online, in person, now or later, may the reign of God's presence come upon you. May the knowledge of God's truth, may His words come to you. Let the heavens over you be opened. No matter the blockade, no matter the rock, the closed heavens over you. Father, may the heavens be opened. Let some rain come through to the driest of hearts. Let the rain come through. Let the knowledge of God come through. And let it cause life to spring forth again. Revive, 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 revive. Live in the name of Jesus. You shall live and not die. You declare the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. May you be a fruitful tree. Planted by rivers of living water. Bringing forth fruit in its season. And whose leaves never wither. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. May the love of God, may the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with you all. Amen. 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 Father, I thank you for every offering, every gift given or about to be given. I ask that you receive it. Thank you for the privilege of sponsoring the purposes of heaven. Help us live like people in honor, honorable lives, 
May we no longer call the fool honorable. May we admire the wise in heart. May everyone here live with an awareness of what we have been called. Thank you. May these words take root downwards and barefoot upwards. May we never forget the truth of our calling. May we spread this truth to others. Thank you. Bless your children, I say. Bless all the work of their hands. Help them make decisions that are precise. Good Holy Spirit, forgive the one that has grieved you. Please take up their correction here today. Teach them your ways. Thank you. Amen. We pray you receive eyes to see, ears to hear, and an understanding heart. Remember, test all things and hold fast to what is good. For more information, visit our website at gods-lighthouse.org.